Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. And tonight we're going to have a chat about continuity. So joining me as always, desperately trying to retcon out of the timeline that he owes me a tenner. It's Mr. Mike Mould. Well, he didn't say that last time. Hang on. <laughs> and it's me, uh, Emma, 21 again, Foster. Um, so let's talk about continuity. Um, it's a big subject. Mm. Um, especially in Doctor Who terms. Um, so I think tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk a bit about some of the, the continuity issues that have plagued Doctor Who. And I think also pre our discussion is going to touch upon, does it even really matter? Um, does does having a sort of continuity woes as they were, Does is it something that um, is worthy of even discussing? Should it be uh, as big a deal as it is? So, um, Mike, why don't you kick us off? Is there anything that springs to mind straight away that uh, sort of continuity-wise that um, has troubled you, so to speak? Well, not so much troubled me, but yeah. <laughs> the big one, really, yeah. is the whole unit dating thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, nutshell it for the, the ladies and gentlemen at home. Okay, so the United Nations Intelligence Task Force. No, the Unified... United Intelligence. Nations Intelligence... Unified. No, I'm not letting this go. <laughs> Bollocks to them. So, anyway, um, the United Nations Intelligence Task Force, as there were... Um, I obviously were big players mostly during the Third Doctor's time, but they first showed up, uh, I think, was it uh, The Invasion... I believe the first... Yeah. yeah, shut up. So, there's been a bit of a problem with the dating because the story start on Earth during the Third Doctor's time was sort of like set, quote-unquote, in the near future. So, this is sort of like roughly analogous to, say, the late 70s or 80s. In fact, um, Sarah Jane Smith herself says in Pyramids of Mars that she comes from 1980. However, in 1983, the story Modern Undead explicitly states that Brigadier retired from unit in 1976 and that Sergeant Bennett left in 1979. Which, obviously, this throws this is throws a bit of a big spanner into the works and has been, uh, shall we say, relentlessly mocked by the uh, series mm-hmm. ever since. <laughs> yeah, no, most recently, um, in Day of the Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, 70s or 80s, I can't remember which. Um, it is notoriously the fact, the thing that people who are trying to sort of see continuity as one continuous mm-hmm. long story that starts from when we first meet the Doctor in the junkyard to now um, and make it one linear thing. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that even they won't touch, <laughs> is putting a definitive date on unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's lots of... It's one of these things that there's lots of evidence that you could put it in the late 60s, the mid to uh, late 70s and the 80s. It really... It really, it really kind of it. It messes around a lot. Um, I mean, because there's instances where the brigadier is talking to the prime minister and addresses her. Her, mm-hmm. um, I think he says, "Ma'am." So mm-hmm. obviously that ties in with Margaret Thatcher being prime minister of this country in the late seventies, early eighties. But obviously, when these were being made, it they had no idea. They were just putting it in to do something different. Yeah. Um, it's you say there's sort of the technology is really kind of it's mixed you get things like britain has a a space program which is good (laughs) enough to get people to and from mars um then but then it you know doesn't have you know the communication is sort of old radios and they're driving around old army 
vans and mm. you know it's very you could you could really put it anywhere and that was kind of the point mm. that you know, when these were being made um the idea was that they were sort of five minutes into the future yeah. whenever your future may be when you're watching it mm-hmm. so but yeah it's one of these things that keeps sort of won't go away yeah um say so if you really want to get into it is that here's here's the latest why would you one. want to this is the thing right well we're going to come on to this i mm-hmm. think is why would you want to pick over this um say another issue which has come up in the the wake of the new series mm-hmm. is where was Torchwood during all of this <laughs> yeah i mean uh, see it, it's of course obviously when you're dealing with a, a time travel show Things like this tend to crop up. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it it, it say with, with things like this, the continuity um things. Mm-hmm. What what makes me intrigued by them is the like I say, this whole idea of trying to get the history of Doctor Who, the future history, into mm-hmm. one cohesive timeline. Yeah, getting it nailed down. Getting now down, and the thing is, it's really hard to because it's always kind of, it's kind of that one of those like old sort of cartoon things where you get like along with loads of molehills and they hammer mm-hmm. one down, but another one pops, pops up, up and they hammer that one down and another one pops up. Yeah, it's kind of that. One, even if you sort of really found like this definitive evidence that unit stories are set from 1976 to 1979, mm-hmm. it creates so many other issues. Yeah. I mean, how do you account for the fact that UNIT has a rocket program or is part, you know, involved in the British rocket program? Mm -hmm. Um, But when you get to something like the Christmas invasion, we've only just gone. Yeah. Um, See, this is probably sort of my main sort of feeling on the whole continuity issue, which we'll probably get into. But um, given that Doctor Who's a time travel show, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's very easy you know time can be rewritten yeah it's, it's absolutely i mean the thing that people have complained about but is is kind of one of those really neat um uh sort of get outs is that you know wibbly wobbly timey wimey mm. it you can purely talk about doctor who in those terms yeah you, you don't even have to yeah, say. I mean, there's, there's. I think there's quite. There's sort of a class of fans who are sort of continuity iconoclasts, if you like, hmm. that are really interested in kind of throwing all this stuff away. Mm-hmm. And um, to when you're sort of sitting talking about when you're in a pub, yeah. as I have been having arguments <laughs> about when the unit dating is, mm-hmm. you can see why people say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just just the sheer fact that you're sitting in a pub arguing about when the unit stories were set is sort of enough to make you go, really, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I say arguing, having mm. a having an interesting discussion about it. Mm. Um, I mean, because I think this is where I'm getting the feeling me and you may part company because right. I I quite enjoy continuity stuff, whereas I think you couldn't care less about it. <laughs> well, it's not it's it's not that. I think continu- continuity is important. I mean, mm. you don't want to completely go against everything it's set out, but at the same time, I always feel like you shouldn't you shouldn't be so just so slavish to it. Do you know which what I mean? Is, which is something interesting that's come up in recent day, well, days in the last few months mm. with Day of the Doctor. Mm. 
Because Day of the Doctor has changed everything, continuity-wise. Yeah. It's inserted a Doctor we knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. It's changed the numbering of the Doctors, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of held sacrosanct yeah. up to a point. I mean, talking about sort of continuity stuff, when you get well, the other big bugbear is the Brain of Morbius mind-bending competition. Mm-hmm. That's going to be Back thing. to your past, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a big kind of... That was a big kind of shake-up of... And it was pre-Deadly Assassins, so we didn't mm. have this whole 13, rege- well, 13 lives concept. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, up until I mean, uh, up until that point, you could kind of dismiss it as Morbius is just ranting. And mm-hmm. um, I say, people, if you haven't seen Brain of Morbius and, you know, you think he looks a bit cheesy, you know, maybe just try and find this scene on YouTube because mm-hmm. see what we're talking about, because this is still being discussed today again. Yeah. Um, a lot, But I think that... Really, it's the revelation that we've had has really just added fuel to the fire of the people who are like, well, these are all his previous regenerations that we've just never mm-hmm. seen that lived on Gallifrey before he left. Yeah, but I mean, it... God, it's such a... <laughs> well, I mean, you know, obviously, now the Doctor has his new regeneration cycle, spoilers for uh, Time of the Doctor, but um, it's... I. Well, I mean, Philip Hinchcliffe said himself, and it's true that I say I attempted to imply that William Hartnell was not the first Doctor. Mm. So it's just, it's sort of, the waters are are so muddied. And, Mm. I mean, let's, I mean, let's go back to Day of the Doctor. Right. That kind of makes sense when you sort of think about it, because, you know, the implication we've always had from the, get-go since the series returned is it was the eighth doctor who fought in the time war yeah and when you think about it the eighth doctor's not really the kind of doctor who would do that do you know right. what i mean he would he wouldn't it wouldn't of him yeah seven absolutely but not the eighth um <laughs> mm-hmm. so the fact that the moffat created this sort of not i don't want to call him an, an intermediate doctor but <laughs> The way he classes him, he classes himself as not being the Doctor. So, yeah. the numbering itself, I don't think it really harms it. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When when you see uh, where well, I've seen merchandise mm-hmm. like his screwdriver, it refers yeah. to him only as the other Doctor. Yeah. Doesn't refer to him by a number or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And he's commonly known as the War Doctor as well. So, yes. I mean, it it's. It, it, people say it's a continuity problem, but it's kind of not really because, you know, the the time war has only ever been sketched out very, very roughly. roughly. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's not breaking any rules or anything. You know, we never, you know, never knew what happened. And obviously the ninth Doctor's only just recently regenerated because he sees himself in the mirror in Rose's flat for the first time. So it's hard <laughs> to believe that even if... You know, the Eighth Doctor regenerated and the Ninth Doctor took part in the Time War. It's very unlikely that he went all that time without seeing a reflection of himself anywhere. No, exactly. You know, so it's not... Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, you know, one of those things of, like I say, it's uh, it's fixed things, but it's introduced new things. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think that in terms of, from what I've seen, the, the kind of surprising lack of fuss about it... Yeah. I think that people quite like that a lot of this baggage was put on someone that they didn't care about almost. Mm. 
that you know you get to dump a lot of this stuff on John Hurt's doctor. Yeah. Because you haven't followed him in any way, mm-hmm. you're okay with it. Yeah, he's out Whereas, of focus. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I I think that. One of those, again, like I say about people who are kind of have a kind of not particularly bothered um, approach to continuity, mm-hmm. which I think that Moffat's position is that he's a bit like me. I think that he spends far too much time thinking about these things, but um, <laughs> he's never going to let continuity get in the way of the story he wants to tell. No. So if telling the story means inserting a doctor that we've never met before into the story mm-hmm. and kind of making it official or not a parallel universe doctor or like the dream lord is like hallucination or something mm-hmm. it's a nailed on doctor yeah you know he he's he's happy to to kind of break all those rules of, in, in order to tell the story he wants to tell mm-hmm. but again if he's if he's uh, looking at his own series and plotting it out and he set one thing in. He set one thing in motion. He's not necessarily going to just go back and change that for for nothing. It's going to have a story purpose. Mm-hmm. And like I say, with with as I said before, with Moffat, you sort of get he's he's sort of the first producer or supremo that we've had, mm-hmm. who's really played with the time travel aspect of Doctor Who. Yeah, and has really pl- and really sort of explored you know things happening out of sequence and. Mm-hmm. Um, introducing things that we didn't know in later episodes that explain stuff that we thought was a continuity error before. Mm-hmm. So, so the best example being in Flesh and Stone where the Doctor does and does not have his tweed jacket on. Yes. Which everyone went, continuity error at the time, mm-hmm. but is then explained at the end of the series because of, you know, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Um so yeah, it, you know, it, it works for and against you, especially mm-hmm. it, uh, in terms of, you know, the longest running, one of the longest running TV shows in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got to the point where with 800 episodes on the books now, mm-hmm. virtually everything that you come up with is getting to the point of it's going to clash or agree with something that's come before. Yeah. So I mean, again, if it, in the interest of putting everything in one linear timeline, that's where things get interesting. Mm-hmm. Because how you know, I I don't want Simbofat to spend to write stories around that. Mm-hmm. You know, let me and all the all my fellow nerds worry about this, or think <laughs> about this, or write forum <laughs> posts about this, and you just write a good story. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, as I just a, a interest a couple of um, conversations I had uh, one with Chuck, my husband, uh, when I was talking to him about what we were going to be talking about tonight, mm-hmm. and he said, and I said to him, "Well, we're doing about continuity," and he instantly said, "Doesn't matter." Yeah. And I said, "Right, okay, then explain that." And he said, "Well, okay, I mean, it's interesting for us, but the general public who are watching the show couldn't care less." No. Precisely. As long as you know, as long as it makes you know narrative sense for the show that they've watched, mm-hmm. don't care. No, it's it's only like us, the the we, as it were. The we, yes. Yeah, um, that who sort of grab onto it because I mean this is not well, I'd say necessarily our lives, but for some it is. But um, <laughs> but you know, like people people make a big deal out of it, and mm. I like I say, I think I. Continuity is absolutely fine. You know, be sure to reference the past, but I wouldn't say be a slave to it. Mm. Because if, you, if you're if you a slave to continuity, 
then you can kind of like hamstring yourself. Because I mean, I'm trying to remember when we were, we talked briefly about Warriors of the Deep. You said yes. it was a it was a consequence of you know uh, continuity advisors. Yes. <laughs> Um, interfering with the stop. Now I'm trying to remember Warriors of the Deep offhand, but um, what was what was the big continuity thing there? I can't remember. Well, it's not. Like I think from again, it's not one thing that I know definitely was the thi- it was the continuity thing. Oh, right, the sticking point. With, yeah. with it was the stick was one sticking point. Mm-hmm. I remember on the documentary that came with Warriors of the Deep that when they were talking about that, they were given something over a hundred continuity mm. corrections. Ugh. I mean, how can you work with that? That is just ridiculous. Mm. Um, it's probably to do with the way the Silurians appear in that. I mean, they're very, they're quite different looking from the Silurians we've seen before. Yeah, true. So um. I'd imagine a lot of those notes were about them. Um, but as well with those, con- with at this time in 1980, when Warriors was being made, um, a lot of the stuff that they were referencing didn't exist. Hmm. So they were working off like scripts and telly snaps. Uh, I mean, they had no actual visual reference of what they were looking at. Yeah. Or what they were correcting in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. So some of that continuity correction is guesswork. Right. Hmm. So that's that's a really, you know, that's an interesting thing. I mean, again, you know, that's kind of the nadir of getting too bogged down and too concerned with the the linear thing of your show mm-hmm. you know um i think again doc two is in a unique situation with it being a time travel show mm-hmm. that these things are mutable and yeah. uh, you know this is why we've introduced the fixed points in time concept yeah which you know is quite useful for applying backwards mm-hmm. to things that have happened before i mean i think my one of my pet theories is that it sort of explains why Adric wasn't rescued. Mm-hmm. It had to happen. It had to happen. It was a fixed point in time. And it's, yeah. re- it's a really neat way to go and explain kind of more of the, some of the more bizarre things that happen in Who. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's kind of, that's where I sort of, my fun comes out of it is that, you know, I like to sort of, with things that I know now, you can look back and apply it and mm-hmm. say, all right, well, how does that affect this situation that mm-hmm. happened before, you know, in this whole fictional universe that we've got? Yeah. Um, and so the other conversation I had today was with my brother. Now, my brother's not not a Doctor Who fan, but he is a comic book guy. Right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I said, to, I said to him, you know, continuity, um, he says, I hate it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but to be honest, he hates it in the fact that with comics, that they will just pick up your continuity that you've got used to and throw it in the bin and start mm-hmm. again. And they were <coughs> yeah, exactly. The new fifty-two was exactly the the um, the situation he brought up. Mm-hmm. In the, I mean, please don't yell at me, comic book people. I'm not a comic book person. I'm only sort of you know things I've read and you know things I've heard from other people. So I know with the new fifty-two that everything was thrown out. It's like everything is a new continuity. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've never read a comic before pick up this wonder woman number one Mm -hmm. and you can get straight on it and understand it and i think that this kind of wasn't the case that they kept referencing stuff that did happen yeah but then it hasn't hasn't happened happened yeah i mean a marvel notoriously has like all the crisis stuff like the crisis on infinite earths Mm -hmm. and you know all that stuff where you can just you know decades of stuff Mm -hmm. just picked up and thrown away I mean, I'm I'm to the point of like I would 
you know, I think people were worried that was going to happen when Series 1 started. Mm. This was going to kind of going to be a clean break and you wouldn't have any references to stuff that happened in the past. So there wasn't an idea that this was kind of a continuing story. Yeah. But that made it very clear. I mean, that's kind of one of the masterstrokes of the returning series was that it had enough to intrigue you mm-hmm. and had enough to fill in the Doctor's backstory so you kind of understood it if you had never seen Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. But there was enough little tidbits in it that you could follow a thread through from 1963 to 2005. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it took a good balance. It didn't... It it wasn't like... I mean, they brought back like old monsters like the Autons and things like mm. that. So it was like... It was very totally gently brought into it. I mean, they never mm. even mentioned Gallifrey's name until, what, the third Christmas... The Runaway Bride? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, before that, it was, you know, it's always just the Doctor's home planet and what have you and things like that. I mean, it was... On, it was it only took about till the second episode of the first series to even mention that he was a Time Lord. Yeah. You know, you know I think um, that, you know, they like I say, they struck the balance right, but mm-hmm. you get, so you listen to Russell T. Davis talk about it. I mean, he is a fan, so, mm-hmm. but he has his own kind of what they nicely call, I think, in sort of Tumblr. So it's like headcanon, mm-hmm. like your, your <laughs> own idea of what the show is. Mm-hmm but it's not necessarily on the screen because I remember watching an interview with him when they were talking about Planet of the Ood mm-hmm. and he was of the opinion that the Ood sphere was in the same star system as the Sense sphere. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's fine for Russell T to write that and think that in his own mind, but you don't need to put it on the screen. No. You know, because who's that going to please apart from me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only people that actually watch the Sensorites. Exactly. And only nerds watch the Sensorites. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, one of the examples that uh, when I was having sort of a read around and sort of reading kind of opinion pieces about this mm-hmm. was that um, the one example that sort of stood out in terms of it, it sort of continuity breaking or continuity reshaping mm-hmm. that's kind of gone on to be beloved is Genesis of the Daleks. Ah, right. Because Genesis kind of was quite out of step with previous Dalek stories, if you think about them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's going back to like an origin story and, you know, putting the Doctor in the origin story. And, you know, it it kind of, you know, we've talked about Genesis as sort of the first shots of the Time War. Mm-hmm. You know, again, applying that retroactive continuity to it and looking yeah. at it through our sort of future eyes. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I think there was kind of quite a lot of, you know, not resentment, but, you know, quite a lot of befuddlement about Genesis. And now it's kind of much beloved you know mm. i think it was it was formerly the number one rated story by fans i mean i think that's now caves of androzani but mm. uh it's certainly in the top three yeah yeah definitely um yeah because i mean I'm, I'm trying to think back to the daleks i think originally when they referred to themselves as they were before the the radiation crisis they were they referred to themselves as the dolls they weren't the carlets yeah. exactly. so i don't know i mean that's that's the sort of thing if you sort of like extrapolate it over time, you could sort of say like how like stories and legends sort of sort of change like as through the generations as it gets like told sort of like Chinese whispers sort of style. Do you know what I mean? It's like so they were mm. actually, originally the Carleds, but you know over you know God knows how many thousands of years possibly between then and the events of the Daleks. Yeah, you know they could have. You know, their database could have gotten corrupted. It could have just been changed. It could have been like 
freaking Wikipedia of the Daleks. Yeah, someone Wikipedia of the, the Daleks. Daleks. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, Sad someone, says. Yeah, Troll Dalek has been uh, <laughs> editing things. Yeah. <laughs> His dream is a gay. Ha, 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 ha. Um, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> Uh, let's write into BBC Wales. We've got to get that done. <laughs> yes, Wikipedia of the Daleks. Copyright Mike Mould. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of... Um, it's sort of expanding on on that whole idea. I mean, again, this is, this is sort of the fun part of looking at continuity and canon, which are two entirely different things mm-hmm. now. You know, um, the, the whole sort of looking at it in that way and theorizing about kind of what happens between Genesis of the Daleks and just the Daleks, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's an enjoyable part of it. But I do think that there are people who are just too kind of tied up with who who kind of let continuity concerns get in the way of enjoying the show. Yeah. It yeah. does happen. I've met, you know, I've met people who have said things, these sort of, in in that vein and you just well, think you know it's meant to be fun yeah well clearly they said in this episode that uh, the doctor could only do this and yet in this episode they went and did that it's like no shut up <laughs> stop <laughs> it ever <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like i like i say absolutely have continuity that, mm. that's fine don't like just chuck everything in the bin but at the same time you know you've got to sort of like the best way I can put it, how familiar are you, Emma, with a show called Mystery Science Theatre 3000? I'm quite familiar with Mystery Science Theatre 3000. Well, one of the very last lyrics in its theme song is, just repeat to yourself, it's just a show, I should really just relax. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think that's just, just like a, a universal law, you know? I think that on the DVD cover of Series 6. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah um you know one of the interesting things i read in an essay about this was that uh it people kind of there's there's an idea that people it's kind of like um you know the person who has a hornby train set in their Mm. attic um it's like a security blanket Mm -hmm. that there's like a, a predictable one thing that doesn't change and you can fit it all into like a big jigsaw Mm -hmm. and when some one person kind of takes the piece out and shuffles it all around. Mm-hmm. Is like, oh, anarchy! I can't cope with it. <laughs> you know, the yeah. continuity has become a comfort blanket for people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how true that is, but it's an interesting idea, mm. and it does sort of explain a little bit why people react kind of so violently to <laughs> continu- <laughs> continuity changes. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of one of those things that when when people, my standard response is when people are talking about an episode and something happens in it and they say, well, that was stupid mm-hmm. or it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I disagree. And I said, did you miss the part where it's about a bloke kid who travels in a time traveling blue box? Exactly. Exactly. Um, you're fine with that, but you're not fine with <laughs> kind of one little bit of sort of slightly wonky science or the fact that the sonic screwdriver opened this door, you know, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't, matter in the big scheme of things i I think people need to remember to enjoy the show Mm -hmm. and if kind of your continuity concerns are getting in the way of enjoying the show then maybe 
don't worry so much. <laughs> you know, um, one of the the big the big sort of non who example is the Star Trek Klingon forehead issue. Oh dear. And you know they tried to fix it and it was rubbish. Mm-hmm. And I think people didn't care. No. About it really and. Yeah the producers thought that people did care mm-hmm. and that's why there's like a whole three-part episode about it in enterprise and everyone went who cares really you know there's one good joke about it in trials and tribulations mm-hmm. you know that, they that's are it. Gone, so we don't discuss it yeah that's it you don't no, i mean that's exact that's precisely sort of the logic i like to apply to like things like the unit dating controversy or the brain of morbius is it it doesn't like not not so much it doesn't matter it's just don't think about it yeah. Just don't think about it because it's all right. Leave it. You know, it's well, one of the, as to use a maxim from my friends at the Black Dog Podcast. Shut up. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the producer at the time didn't give a shit. No, because you know, the producers. I think that's the thing. The producers give much less of a shit than you think they should. Mm. And you know, like it comes back to my point. They're never going to let continuity get in the way of the story they want to tell. Precisely. And that's that, really. You know, it's fun. And I, like I say, I always bring up that I've got half a dozen books, mm-hmm. you know, that go into continuity. You know, I've got three editions of Lance Parkins' A History, mm-hmm. which is basically, I mean, the latest edition is the size and weight of a paving slab. Oh, and it's, you know, and it's basically an effort from year zero to like the year 10 billion mm-hmm. and the timeline and sort of trying to put everything that we see in Doctor Who into a definitive timeline. And that's an interesting exercise, and it's mm-hmm. an interesting read. Um, I, yeah, wouldn't recommend... it, <laughs> I wouldn't do oh, it, I wouldn't though. I wouldn't do it, I wouldn't do it, though. No, God, no. Bloody hell. You know, I've got to go work. <laughs> I've got things to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to eat occasionally. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that with Constituency, there's lots of different things out there you can find. There's, you know, loads of essays and loads of blog posts, and I've bloody written one about it, and... <laughs> You know, it's it's enjoyable and it's nice for a good chat, but you can't let it get in the way of your enjoyment of the show. No, absolutely. I think that's pretty much all we had to say about that, to be absolutely. perfectly honest. So, folks, actually, do you know what we do? I don't really know if we want to hear your thoughts about continuity. <laughs> cause it's... I will. I'll read your emails about All right, fair enough. It's all right. So you can send your emails to Emma yeah. uh, at uh, com, or you can send uh, Facebook messages to Emma at uh, facebook.com <laughs> slash greatestshowpodcast. I on the Twitter feed. I'm not really that bothered. You know, if, you, if you want to mention your, your thoughts about continuity, that's fine. But um... Send abusing cat gifts to my <laughs> Twitter, Twitter page. But anyway, I think, you know what, let's just go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. I'll tee up. Right then, goodbye from him. Goodbye from her. Bye. Bye.